Bush and Richie here with your daily takeaway podcast. Uh, as is probably mirrored by your own experience at the moment, we're all kind of falling apart in the studio. Yep. Coughs and colds, producer Adams like Bob Fleming, Fleming from The Fast Show. Uh, and we were just saying the other day, wouldn't it be good if we had like a, a container between all of us that had kind of like remedies in? A oh, remedy container. Yeah. yeah. Bit, of, uh, bit of honey in there. A bit of uh, ginger, some lemons. Uh, paracetamol. Soothers. Um, I, I only discovered the other day, you can only buy like a certain amount of paracetamol as well, like one person. I really, I, tell me, as I, um, what, are you not, what are you shaking your head for? I agree. Oh, you agree, he's agreeing. I, a I thought he had a way around it. No. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I, I'm, I'm on cocodamol uh, for my bad back. <laughs> what was that noise then? It was me coughing and trying to swallow the cough. <laughs> I thought something else happened. Oh, listen to this. Anyway, look, if you've, no, if you've got a remedy box, and just tell us about it, hometimeandabsoluteradio.co.uk. Can we borrow it? This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Anyone else's kids absolutely beyond excitement already for Christmas? It's getting closer, isn't it, day by day? You don't need me to tell you that. Uh, our four-year-old theory is, is just... I don't know what's happened to her. It's like next level. I guess when they're three in that and stuff, they, they kind of know presents are coming their way, but don't really kind of get it fully. She's now 110% invested in Christmas. Good for, her. Good for her. You know, like, kids have had a tough few years and stuff with lockdown and everything being cancelled, so God bless them. But theories are now a bit of a frenzy. She's uh, very keen to leave some stuff out for Father Christmas over Christmas Eve evening mm-hmm. and is going on about it quite a bit. Uh, her eldest sister, Erin, is like nearly 13. So I can't, I can't remember what we used to do for Erin back in the day. I think it was like a carrot and some milk. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, I feel like we sold Santa short a little bit. <laughs> All those miles on the sleigh and then, you, what, you're getting milk and a carrot? It's awful, isn't it? Uh, so I promised Thea that I would canvas opinion uh, tonight on Home Time in terms of what people across the United Kingdom, the Home Time listeners, the Absolute Radio listeners, are putting out for Santa on Christmas Eve. So... Let's get some intel in here. Well, look, first of all, let's just deal with the history here. If you were back in the day with Erin just leaving out a carrot and milk, I'd say you were looking after the reindeers. You weren't looking after Santa at all. So what? Santa's not even having any of the milk? <laughs> no. Who, who, who drinks milk recreationally? Uh, uh, unless, like, it's the old Accrington Stanley advert from back in the day. That's a good point. And with a moustache and beard like that, it's going to yeah, hum. Exactly. At the end of a long shift, isn't it? So, uh, let's, let's go, Route 1. I, I can tell you for certainty that uh, there will be a mince pie left out at our house. Mince pie? That's and I good. would add that to the carrot and the milk because it's important. You know, the, the, the reindeers are the motor of the operation. Got to so keep them ticking you've over. Got, you've got to look after them too. So what about like booze? I feel like I feel like Santa deserves a bit of booze. I was explaining this to Thea that he might have a you know want a, a little tipple as he's working. This is very cold out there. At, yeah, at, the, at those altitudes. But he's it? also in charge of the motor of the operation, which is the reindeers. I'm not certain that it's responsible to be leaving booze out for Santa. That's a good point. He does drink responsibly. <laughs> So, I don't know, maybe it's to have a J2O. <laughs> Weirdly, though, it's the same price as booze, which is kind of infuriating because you're doing the right thing. But anyway, let's not get into that. Uh, Stevens tweeted that when we were kids, uh, he says, Mum used to leave sherry out for Santa. Ooh. Uh, when we woke up the next morning, he'd only ever drunk uh, half of it. Uh, I Lightweight. Finished, I finished it off, age seven. I love, I love old-fashioned <laughs> kids' stuff like that. And my mum was telling me the other day to keep us quiet at um, christenings and stuff. My nan would put... Uh, milk in our sorry put whiskey in our milk baby milk <laughs> in Liverpool in like the wow. 1970s wow. different times uh, Rob says pint of Abbott's Ale left out and some Pringles I think he might just finish it all too 
Uh, Mark says uh, they left out vegan cookies and almond milk. Apparently Santa now rumoured to be plant-based. Well, I never. This text says, uh, my son has ADHD and every year along with all the obvious things, we always leave out one of those sticky clothes rolling things to keep Santa dust-free. I just love that my son wants to keep him dust-free. Forget all the stuff from the chimney. That is absolutely brilliant. That's, That's taking the, the, uh, the Santa stuff to the next level for yeah. the house, isn't it? And I guess it, once Santa's delinted himself... Well, you'd be covered in lint coming down there, yeah. wouldn't he? I, I hope he then leaves through the front door so as not to, like, get fluffed up again so he goes back up the chimney. All that effort and then fluffing himself straight back <laughs> up the chimney. Uh, Louise and Murray, a small selection of cheeses. Very posh Cheese uh, for Santa in Troon. That would be so good. Uh, James says a can of Foster's and Razzle. I think that's a typo. He means frazzles. Yes, so one be. of my favourite crisps. Uh, Tom, what's being left out? There is a carrot. There is a mince pie, and there's a small measure of whiskey. Okay. So quite small. You, you, you're emphasising small. What's the, what's the thinking behind that? Uh, a bit like you said, we don't want a drunk Santa's careering around the skies. No, that, that is that is very true. What level do you reckon he flies at, though? Because obviously, if he's... I, I'm, not, I'm not condoning him having a couple of snifters whilst he's on his sleigh, but he ain't flying as high as a, as a jumbo jet. No. Not I, commercial I, aircraft. I I'd say he's at police helicopter height. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You don't, don't get to maybe just clearing, squawking all the way through. <laughs> that's the correct phrase. <laughs> is that the noise the reindeer make, the squawking? It is, yeah. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Julie says, guys, keep with modern times, keep with the youth. We leave out vodka shots, churros nibbles and honey carrots for Rudolph. Uh, does the trick. Have a good Christmas. Uh, Craig says goo, but only if it's on offer from Tesco. Oh. Uh, Titch says a lighter and a pack of B&H. Thanks for that, Titch. <laughs> and Craig says when my daughter was young, it was a bacon sandwich and a glass of beer. He'd be sick of mince pies and sherry by the time he got here. <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. One of our favourite bits of the festive period is indeed meeting all of the Daves, having a journey around the United Kingdom for 12 Daves of Christmas. It's time to meet our eighth Dave. Who is this on the line? It's Dave from Shetland. Dave from Shetland. Yes. Yay. Is that our most northerly Dave we've had so I'm far? I'm certain of it. It's pretty high up, isn't it, Dave? It's one of the most northerly days I think you'll find. And I imagine you... I don't, I don't know, we don't know where Dave technically is, but I'm imagining him in, in like a little stone tower on a, on a kind of <laughs> blustery, windswept uh, hill um, surrounded by water. Is that the scene right now? Uh, almost. There are stone towers available. I'm actually at work. Um, I'm having a cup of tea and I've uh, got absolute radio on in the crew room, so it's all good. Crew room! All right, let's just have a little speculate oh. before we ask Dave, because obviously it's Shetland, so it's it's not massive. So what what's he doing? What does Dave do, Bush, that involves a crew room? I think he's li- he's got lifeguard vibes. Life it's bike. a great shout. I think it's, it's a, a great shout. Richie, what are you saying? I reckon he's in some, some, some... I reckon it's to do with helicopters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave? Oh, that, was, that was exactly right. It is helicopters. It's the, uh, the Coast Guard search and rescue helicopter. Oh, <laughs> damn it, I hate oh, it when he's right. Oh, oh. Yeah, but uh, you were close. <laughs> if he's Coast Guard <laughs> with, with, with lifeboats. Right, hey, does that mean that you've uh, hung out with uh, Prince William? You've been flying with him, picking people up out of the water? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was back when it used to be uh, RAF search and rescue, uh, before the Coast Guard took it over. What's what you, you used to work with Prince William? <laughs> Once upon a time. Wow! wow. I'm not, try- not trying to name drop, though. Well, no, we're just we we we've taken a couple of very lucky punts. <laughs> we have, not we? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Dave, do you come you're... into many many Daves in Shetland? I, I'm imagining that there aren't it's that a handful. many. Must be a yeah. handful. That's it. It's a good handful, I would say. It's probably as many Daves per head as there probably is anywhere else. 
Fair enough. Oh, I'd like to see scientific uh, research popular, on that. It's a popular name, isn't it, though? Well, I mean, this is the thing. Once we speak to you tonight, don't just leave it at that. I, if I was you, I'd try and arrange, like, an AGM of Dave's once a year and all meet <laughs> up somewhere or something. Do you know what I mean? We should get Dave Berry off the breakfast show on because he'd probably be able to coordinate that. He's a Dave alumni, a Dave of Christmas alumni. He's, he he's been there, he's sung yeah. before for us, you know? Uh, Dave, how musical are you then as uh, as we get ready for uh, tonight and the eighth Dave of Christmas? Are you, uh, you got pipes? Uh, I love music. I'm not very good at it, though. So if there was a lead singer that you would channel, Dave, lead singer that you admire that you would channel, who would it be? <laughs> well, uh, Dave Grohl. That one. would be a Dave to get on. That would be a hell of a Dave, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, let's get him on. If we get Dave Grohl on at some point, we'll knock it on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Do that year, then we're done. Right, well, let's uh, let's let's see what you got, Dave. Um, this is for Shetland. You are our eighth Dave of Christmas. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... Dave from Shetland. Dave from Wigan. Dave from Market Harbour. Dave from the Midlands. Dave from Chesterfield. Dave from Leeds. Dave from Southampton. And Dave from Sheffield. Yeah! Beautiful voice, beautiful voice. Uh, we've still got room for four more. If you want to be one of the Daves and you are a Dave, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk or text us now, 8 12 15. This is the Daily Takeaway. Big hour of the show ahead. You will remember where you were uh, in history when you look back on the hour you're about to hear. First of all, I got ridiculed last week, primarily by you, may I say. Oh, yeah. I got ridiculed. Uh, do you remember I told you about how I fixed that torch? Uh, you didn't fix it, but you, you put batteries in it, yeah. <laughs> OK, an update. Over the weekend... I fixed our boiler, and I absolutely promise you I fixed this. Came downstairs Saturday morning, the house was so cold, boiler's not working. No central heating, no hot water. Ooh, that sounds terrible. Uh, I'm checking the front of the boiler, it's got a little sign on it saying ignition failure. I'm looking up the manual and all this kind of thing and thinking, this is terrible. Yeah. What are we going to need hot water? It was so cold outside Saturday morning. Spoke to a plumber over the phone, told him what was going on. He described to me, said, I reckon you can do this yourself. So I'm going outside. Who needs a gas safety certificate? <laughs> I fixed it myself. It was a blocked condensation pipe uh, that was all frozen up. So I'm outside the front of the house, dressed up so warm, trying to unfreeze this blocked, frozen condensation pipe. Do you know, the funny thing is, your, your other half, Natalie, put a photo on her Facebook page of her having to, like, I don't defrost these pipes. And my other half, Katie asked me whether uh, the pipes had frozen because you were being so tight with the central heat. My reputation is so unfair. <laughs> I said he's bad, but I don't think he'd go that far. <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> the plumber even told me that even if I'd kept it on overnight, it still could have frozen up because it was so cold. Danger situation. So, yeah, un uh, defrosted it. It's all working. Then I go to Wix and buy myself some lagging for the pipe so it never freezes up again. Then we come in here today. So I'm telling everyone how I've been this weekend hero after this Saturday of coldness. Turns out one of our producers has come back from holiday. The whole house, all the pipes are frozen. So we're thinking, everyone's having these pipe dramas. We should do a whole hour on pipes. So welcome to Pipe Hour. Pipe Hour. This is quite haunting, isn't it? The sound of the panpipes, there is no more haunting sound. It cut the penny drop with us today where we realised that we'd been talking about pipes in all different formats yeah. quite a lot during the course of the day. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing with your pipe. It can be used for your heating, it can be used for water, it can be used to play music. You can smoke a pipe. 
He can smoke a pipe. I mean, maybe we'll veer away a little bit from that. <laughs> Although, to be fair, right, my, my Uncle Ted smoked a pipe, yep. and I still love the smell of her. That, that pipe smell. You don't smell that very often these days. You don't see it so much, full stop. All you get these days is walking through someone who vapes, and you get, like, laughing gas. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, good old-fashioned pipe smoke smells like, you know... A doctor's about to, uh, you know, pack up his pipe before he looks out the uh, blinds and tries to work out a diagnosis. So, look, let's speak clearly to you. The chance to have a whole hour of broadcasting about pipe stories... Yes. ...is rare. Right, so if you've got a burning story to share with us, see what I did there, burning, about oh, a yeah. pipe... Now's the time. Don't wait for it to come around again. Because this might be it. it you might have a brilliant pipe-related story, and then it's never going to happen again. This is this genuine is your last chance. Mal says, you have to call me. I have a pipe story involving a copper heating pipe, an old retired plumber, a gothic house, and a group of bats. Whoa, that sounds amazing. If, hope, if that was the description on Netflix, I'd, I'd just <laughs> seriously think the whole thing. I hope he picks up. Um, for, for me, in terms of putting something into pipe power... Uh, our, um, we're at the end of a set of four houses, which means that we always get that... There's a weird dog leg in the sewage pipe. Bear with me, this does get better. <laughs> it's gone sewage pipe. And and it always gets blocked up, and it's yeah. not... You know, and, you, and, like, your sink makes a weird noise, yeah. and the loo does, and you can sense when it's happening, because uh, someone in our road puts wet wipes down the loo, uh, one of them people. Right. So I always end up having to get uh, whatever the water company is to come and have a look at it. The last guy that came out let me have a look down his telescope thing. Mm-hmm. Not the technical term into the actual pipe so I could see what was going on in there. It was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff. It was amazing. Telescopic. I think you were very close. Was that, that close, wasn't I'd it? I'd love to have a look down that. It was amazing. To see in your own pipes. <laughs> it's a very rare treat. It really is. Right. Pipe power. Take part. Fingers crossed Mal's going to pick up and Hope tell so. us this bat-related one. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. We've got Mal on the line right now who's got a pipe story. Tell us, Mal. I'm a carpenter by trade and many years ago I was fitting a, a very large uh, kitchen and um, the gentleman that people I was fitting in the kitchen for, I asked if he wanted an electrician. They said, no, we've got an old retired uh, electrician, ex-collier in the village, and we, he does all our work for us. So anyway, tell the story short, I start the kitchen, and I had my back to him, and every now and again, he would, I thought he had Tourette's because he kept jumping and shouting out. Well, after a couple of minutes, I thought I'd watch him, and basically he was testing the live cable by licking his fingers. <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. Goodness. So, that was the, so that was the start of the conversation. Well, anyway, we started chatting over a cup of tea, and he said that years ago, he was putting some new electrics into this very large Gothic house, and the roof was so large, to get from the floor of the attic to the top, he had to use a double extension ladder, give an idea how big the house was. So there'd been a plumber in a couple of days before, and he said, look, if you're running cables up in the, the attic space, just find our pipes, and he said, because we've knocked through. He said, so I'm going to make any drill holes. He said, just put the pipe, put the cable through. Excellent, no problem. So he said, um, he starts doing the job. He got his miner's hat on, so he's up there now with this big cave, like attic, with a little light on. When he looks across, he picks up the copper copper pipe now in his in his light. As he comes to the part of the wall, he's going to put uh, put the pipe cable through. There's about a dozen bats all wrapped up, all equally spaced hanging from this copper pipe. Well, of course, they protected. You can't touch them. So I said, well, how did he manage? He said, well, I had to do it. He said, I had, I, had to get the, I had to get near where they were. So I said, well, how did he manage? He said, well, all I done was, he said, I got my blow lamp out. I said, oh, please don't. No, no, no. He said, let me finish. He said, I, he said, I went about two feet away from where they were. He did the water pipe up with the blow lamp. So the heat literally just crept across. And as he was going to cross, and of course, they couldn't hold on to it, they fell off. <laughs> Flew around the attic, 
he kept he kept his blow lamp on one hand to keep the pipe hot, fed his cable through, and then he took it off and he said, I'm just stay there watching it. He said, and as he was cooling down, he said they all went back into exactly the same place and just parked up. <laughs> so as I said, no, no bats were hurt in this process. You emphasise that. Fantastic. Piper is already a triumph. <laughs> no shortage of it. Shirley says my husband was part of a European pipeline research group for 20 years. We've recently attended their 50th anniversary dinner in Munich. Oh, wow. I wonder if he's involved. Is it Nord Stream? <laughs> yeah. Is that that pipe? That, well, yes, certainly heard of that one. You involved with the Nord Stream? Uh, hopefully nothing sinister. Dave in Shropshire says, My dad, Big Kev, used to go to a pub where every so often they had Pipe Club, where everyone, even the non-smokers, would take in a pipe and have a good old smoke. Apparently the best trick was to snap at the t- snap the tips off a load of matches and stuff them in someone's pipe whilst they're in the loo, so when they relit and got back, it nearly exploded. Pipe Club, eh? The pipe, that's so much fun. Some of the japes they get up to in Pipe Club. Hey, what goes on in Pipe Club stays in Pipe Club. Uh, Dixie's hanging on. He's got a pipe anecdote. Tell us it, Dixie. So, uh, my elderly mother, she's 87. She had a bit of a fall the other day in the uh, in the cold weather. So, I went round to her house and her front path was really slippery. You know, it was like mildewy. So, I thought, well, I'll go down there. I'll pressure wash it for her so that she doesn't slip over again. Good idea. So, I've hooked up the pressure washer to the tap. Nothing happens. I then realised that the tap and the pipe are not actually connected. So there's loads of gunk and leaves, so I've picked all that out, reconnected the pipe and tap, sort of pushed it into place after turning the stopcock off. And then I've said to her, right, turn the stopcock on. So I'm sort of holding it in place. And at the elbow of the pipe, I just got a massive face full of ice cold <laughs> freezing water because the, pipe, the pipe's got a hole in it. So uh, I'm thinking someone think straight out of the Benny Hill show, that kind of thing. Uh, do you know what, uh, Andy? It was absolutely farcical. It was ridiculous. Um, I was freezing cold. I was already wet at that point anyway. I couldn't do any pressure washing because I couldn't hook up to any of the outside taps. It was just a disaster. And I, I just thought, do you know what? I tried to help somebody and it all it flies in my face. So... Never again. Oh. It's a great story, Dixie, and can we also uh, thank you for the most concentrated use of stopcock in 30 (laughs) seconds uh, on this show in its four-year history. No problem. This is The Daily Takeaway. Was a dramatic weekend, all the pipe stuff on Saturday for me and fixing the boiler and being heroic. Uh, And then yesterday, of course, the World Cup final. And where did I get to watch it? Here. Why did you sign up to do that shift? What is wrong with you? When I said yes, I thought in the lead-up to Christmas it might be handy to say yes to an extra piece of work. I didn't realise it was the World Cup final. Actually, there's me having a go at you. I was at a kid's party, soft play, so <laughs> who am I to talk? So, yeah, in here yesterday for the World Cup final, uh, three o'clock kick-off, doing rock and roll football. It was on from two o'clock till six o'clock, so I thought to myself, oh, well, well, the game itself kicks off at three. By the end of the show at six, you know, all be wrapped up, done and dusted. Never for a moment did I think that the World Cup final would still be going at five to six into a penalty shootout. And here's the thing, right? Invested three hours of my professional life into it. Yeah. I didn't get to announce who won the World Cup final. 
Oh, wow, so who was on after you? Claire Sturgis was doing the Absolute Radio the Request show. So No she... offence to the Sturge, but she's not Mrs <laughs> Football, is she? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she's not, and she cares a jot just about doesn't care. it. She's not interested. I mean, equally, look, I'm a realist. I'm sure that there were millions watching on TV uh, who love their football, and if they're in a position not to be able to watch on TV, there are services on the radio that will provide you live commentary. So I'm sure that the... The people that were choosing to listen to the coverage on Absolute Radio were a small merry band, but they were there, and they were there with me for three hours, and I never got to announce the result. So they may still not know. They're out there now just completely confused. It was France, guys. France won. That's a joke. (laughs) Um, Have you ever, like, gone through something where you've invested so much time, but you never got to enjoy the actual payoff? Three hours of my life... And I never got to say who won. I do you know what the, both the NFL games I've been to in London. I mean, I love my NFL and everything; it's brilliant. But obviously, it's long, and then you start panicking at the end about getting out of there. Particularly the one at Wembley. Wembley's the world's worst stadium to get home from. <laughs> Not that I'd know as an Everton fan, although I left early a couple of times. Um, so I've never seen the end. I never watched the end. That even the last five or six minutes, ten minutes of, of each of those games when I was there. I mean, I had a season ticket for Everton a few years back, and I used to sit near people who would religiously leave with ten minutes Couldn't to do go. That. Couldn't do that. They'd never seen the end of a game. What's, what are you doing? <laughs> Chuck another one on the list there, not finishing. I reckon the past three books that I've tried to read have not finished. <laughs> I've got this like this shelf of shame in our lounge where I walk past them and I not finished that, didn't finish that, done half of that. It's embarrassing. <coughs> audiobooks, you'll march through them. I, I looked at my listening. I think I've done a month of audiobook listening in total. <laughs> now I'm cooking. Paul. Flew all the way to Florida to go and see a shuttle launch. And three seconds before lift off. It was aborted due to a fuel leak. Do you feel what? To a fuel leak. Oh, well, you know, like if you're in the crowd <laughs> at a shuttle launch, are you like booing that and turning your deck chairs over, or what, what's the kind of vibe when that gets announced? Oh, no, everybody's walked away in dismay. It was a horrible feeling. A whole day wasted. Paul, had you uh, gone specifically to Florida for the shuttle launch? No, not specifically, but I was there. It was, good. It was a good day. Apart from that. What else? What happens down there then? What can you take from that on a positive note? Uh, I'd love to go to them. They don't let you on. It's not like uh, anyone else fancy. You've got room for two more in here. <laughs> no, no, I'll just say, no, I've never been a space man, but I'd love to go to them. Okay. <laughs> Baseball. Watch this space. <laughs> Aim high, Paul. I like that. <laughs> yes. Tina's on the line. Tina, what didn't you finish? Yeah, it was a movie I was watching um, a couple of days before I got married. Mm-hmm. And we were watching it with my dad. My mum was at work. And towards the end, um, they the couple got, got it together. And they, were, they showed a scene where they were sat up in bed talking. But because they were in bed, and my dad was a good Catholic, he wouldn't let me watch the bit where they were in bed and switched it off. <laughs> oh, my word. Old Mary Whitehouse there, getting <laughs> outraged. Who, who, who was in the lounge watching it then? You, your dad, and, and who else? And my fiancé. <laughs> oh, right, OK. Yeah, you didn't want to get getting ideas, I guess, two days before the wedding. <laughs> yeah, well, it was only two days before the wedding. I think we knew what was coming. <laughs> yeah, OK, well, we'll leave that one there. And, uh, and did you... Uh, what's the film? It's, it's an un- unfinished film. We can't remember. We've racked our brains and we just can't remember what it was. It was 33 years ago, but we've never forgotten it. Whoa! <laughs> Any details? Of the, oh, we've got a great audience here yeah. for great memories and stuff. Film club. <laughs> um, I just can't remember. There's a it, bit of nookie at the end, basically. Nookie at the end. Last ten, ten minutes, minutes before the yeah. end, 
a couple yeah, sat in bed nookie. Very, I'm sure it was a very um, safe rom-com to watch because my dad was... I wouldn't have watched it otherwise, but it was just so funny that he got so embarrassed. Um, with us watching it. <laughs> I think we might have to pick back up on this in a few days' time. 33 years ago, what would that have been? What's 33? Don't ask me to do this, 89. 1989 rom-coms with a bed scene 10 minutes before the end. There must be a way of searching this on the internet. <laughs> it could be It could be film club. OK. This is The Daily Takeaway. What a terrible, what a terrible start to the <laughs> podcast, guys. I'm so sorry. Are you guys better now? Oh, I'm well. fine. It was just yeah. one cough. I was trying to suppress it. I know, but he was—he set him off then. Yeah, producer Adam. I think I think it is interesting you you say that. There's obviously been a lot of articles that have been written about how a yawn can be catching, uh, and I think that's scientifically proven that um, if someone who you are empathetic to is in yeah. a room that yawns, you then follow it. I can't remember what the reason is. It didn't stay in my head, but I think coughs could be catching. Well, do you know, weirdly enough... As in sort of like... Not the germ... Yeah, not the germ side Modern Marie Curie over there with that breakthrough. (laughs) (laughs) And and the winner of the Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) I think there's a reflex in it. You hear someone else cough, and whether you've got the germs or not, I think it tightens your throat through anxiety, and you're thinking, oh, I've got a cough as well. Weirdly enough, our our little daughter, youngest one, Stella, pretends to cough every time my other half Katie coughs. There you go. Cough's catching. 